Hi, welcome to this week's episode of Fighting Words. Donovan here. Thanks for tuning in again. I am joined this week by Lenchen Rayside. Hello. Have you, have you ever met another Lenchen? I have not. There's quite a few of me in Germany. Quite a few of me? <laughs> there's only one of you. The only one of me. I think I'm the only one in the United States, but there's... Really? Yeah, I think The only Lenchen in the United States? That's insane. But there's 3,000 on Facebook. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you believe there's another Donovan Santa Maria on Facebook? No. Like, I thought that would be really rare, right? Because yeah. it's that, they're both kind of unique, and you get this Spanish yes. name and this kind of Gaelic, Scottish thing. But I found him on Facebook, and, and we're friends. So Are you? What's he like? Well, I don't know him much. You know, we're just Facebook friends. Right. So Yeah. yeah. I think he's a criminal. Um, <laughs> no, that would be you. That's me. Um, Lenchen. What is that German? Yes. Okay. Very, yeah. So, After my grandmother. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, well, good. We're glad to have you here. Um, Thank you. Boy, we could talk about a lot of stuff, but the specific reason I brought you on is uh, one of the things I'm trying to do in this season of Fighting Words is just kind of highlight mission, like where God is leading people to, um, within Redeemer, to to use their gifts, to seek gospel restoration and that kind of thing and um there's a lot of different ways that so recently we we got a little peek into greg sharp's life and what yes. that looks like in his world and yeah. so powerful <clears throat> yeah um and so this is a little different uh so by way of introduction lynch and rayside among many things you do i don't want to be reductionistic but one of the things you do right now i mean you're just out there just glorifying god you know and <laughs> so, every moment yeah. in so many ways yeah, yeah. um I'm proud of it that's right yeah but one of the ways is through your work with particularly Chains Interrupted. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us a little bit about who Chains Interrupted is and what they do. And then and then maybe we can back up a little bit to like, I mean, your history with this and how, how you ended up doing what you're doing and the passion you have. And right. So who is... What is Chains Interrupted? Well, we are a nonprofit organization and our major goal is to fight human sex trafficking. And that we accomplish that basically in three ways. Um, the primary way is through education. And we can talk about the trainings we do that have literally saved lives. Hmm. Um, we also do the work of rescue. That's a little more rare, um, but we assist people out when they want to get out. Uh, a lot of people, it looks like they're free, but they're really controlled by their trafficker. So we'll assist them out with the help of the hospitals or the law enforcement. And we do have Harbor House. It's a program that can include housing if someone needs it. But basically what we do is we take someone, we don't take them, that sounds <laughs> like the wrong thing. Right. Someone they're, else did that. They're taken, yeah. Right. Um, but we, we serve people 
they've come out, they've done some restoration, but then let's say they don't have a high school degree. We'll help them get that finished, a license, help them find a job, finances, parenting classes, teach them how to cook, just the whole thing so that they can integrate back into society uh, and be a contributed citizen. Mm -hmm. So Chains Interrupted, that's a local nonprofit? Like it's not like a franchise or it's like locally started? It's just us, yeah, here. And when did that launch? Um, Well, I started uh, what was called Cedar Rapids Gives in 2013, which then turned into Chains Interrupted with my co-founder, Teresa Davidson. So we've been doing things since 2013, and it's been pretty, pretty incredible. We are local, but we actually have a global reach, and we can talk about that a little later. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me why, yeah, just kind of how you ended up doing this, having a passion for this, and yeah. Yeah. Why are you doing this? Well, it isn't actually something I sought. Okay. Um, In, I think it was 2005, a colleague of mine contacted me. He he lived in another state, and he said, hey, I'm starting to hear about human sex trafficking, and I want to you know, talk with you, let's let's get together and see what we can do to start educating people. So we started having conferences and things like that. I was at House of Hope. Then I started getting these calls because House of Hope helps women hearing these crazy stories. Like I got a story, a, a call, a friend of mine in another state, she's like, I got the craziest story that my hairdresser said her daughter came home. She thought she'd run away, but she'd been taken and she'd been trafficked for six months, and then they escaped, and and there was like literally no grid for this back then. There was no movie, there wasn't even the term human trafficking Hmm. back then. And so we had to be super quiet about it because people thought we were crazy. Um, But that's how it started. Just people would say, oh, she's helping women, and oh, she's connected with these people. So it was uh, pretty, yeah, didn't didn't seek it. Right, kind of came to me. Yeah, and yet you didn't resist it. I mean, I could see you still have a choice. Yes. Hey, look, I want to walk farther down this path, and or not. Yes. So yes. obviously, you've made the choice to do that. Yes. Why? I. It's that's a that's a tough question because. With the trafficking, I mean, think about it. One day of being brutalized, would it messes most people up. And so we have these women and children, children, that this has gone on for years, you know, multiple times a day, brutalized. And I don't know. I mean, I can't not help. Okay. You know, just I don't know that... I just can't not help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. Do you see, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, you mentioned cases like this, like, and I've heard stuff of multiple brutalizations per day. Yes. I mean, and you're talking about sexual abuse and yes. rape and that kind of thing. Like, yes. Have you seen restoration? I have. I've seen, um, I've seen restoration. I have seen some people they are thriving um but it messes with you i mean that kind of trauma that's a complex trauma that literally changes your brain chemistry and so um the hope is that 
we can come alongside people and just change that grid work, you know, that they're viewing life through. Because you get pretty triggered when mm. people you're supposed to trust betray you at these kind of levels and and stuff. So, but yes, we have seen people thrive. Um, yeah, I had a, I, my mind was going somewhere. I forget. Um, <clears throat> well, that's good. Oh, I was going to ask then is Chains Interrupted an explicitly Christian nonprofit or how does that, because you obviously are Christian and mm-hmm. you know, believe people's ultimate need is Jesus and the gospel. Yes. Like how does that relate to Chains Interrupted? Right, right. With the IRS, we are not um, registered as a faith-based organization. However, all of our staff um, and volunteers are Christians um, to some level, and that's super important. In terms of the restoration piece, um, that is just, there's no answer except Christ. Um, We you know, it, who knows where God will lead us in the future as far as our status goes, but right now... Well, that's... A, yeah, and that's not necessarily the most important thing. Right. Yeah, but but in terms of the, the, the people on the ground... Right, like, right. You guys are... Obviously, you're not, like, pushing against the leadership when you're trying to talk about Jesus. Like, there's a unified right. oh, celebration yeah. of this. And, yeah, because we know. I mean, you can't walk into this kind of... It, it's warfare. Hmm. It's not a joke um, in the spirit realm. It's really... A lot of warfare, and mm-hmm. so it, you, we got to be prayed up and know mm. Jesus. Yeah, we are able to get into schools. We do hotel motel trainings. We train doctors and nurses. We train law enforcement. Those are all the opportunities God has given us. What are you training them to to recognize signs and patterns? Yes, yes, to identify and specifically within their institution. So with law enforcement, there's certain training. If you're on a scene and this happens, same with the hospital. Someone presents in in an ER and you'd think, well, you know, but when we start training these doctors and nurses, I've had a sexual assault nurse examiner come up to me after a training crying because she's like oh my gosh i've been trained in this forensic evidence and i didn't see it and i gave them i'll spare any of you the details but the physical signs of someone possibly being trafficked and she's like i found this evidence asked the cops what to do they said i don't know so we threw it away and so now they're you know their eyes are open to see you know and then how do you handle that you know you've got the whole hipaa thing going on and if somebody presents and you suspect it, how do you how do you handle that? You know, if their trafficker is right there with them, because they're usually not permitted to talk, and you know, the trafficker always answers all the questions and stuff. That's one of the signs. Yeah, yeah, that's a big sign. Hmm. Sounds like my marriage. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Um. Um. But Lynchon, isn't this stuff that just happens in global cities like Taiwan and, right. yeah. um, you know, to get carried away, you know, not in America where it's just and right, yeah, safe home of home of the free, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do you ever go down to the outlet mall in Williamsburg? Not really. I've, I've no. been there once or okay. twice, and I've passed by it often. All right. yeah. Now they've built this big school, Clear Creek Amana Middle School. You, you can see it now from the interstate. Um, the junior high principal 
at that school was a part of breaking up one of the biggest child sex trafficking rings in the Midwest. Here, small town Iowa, this goes on. It's unthinkable. And a lot of times, um, for a while, law enforcement wasn't looking for uh, traffickers here in our area. I mean, it's Iowa, but it, it's just a haven because of the interstate 35, 380, 80. They can just move their cargo, so to speak, without being detected. Um, in the past five years, I'm proud to say that we are on the lookout now, and there have been people that have been stopped because law enforcement knows what to look for. They do care. Some people think they don't care, they care very much and people have been rescued. What does this have to do with the outlet mall? It's like a place where- Well, I'm because that's Williamsburg. Oh, okay. It's a very a, small yeah. town. Sorry, I should have uh, yeah. clarified that. A very small town, Williamsburg, mm. oh, okay, okay. Iowa, mm. you know? Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, I could ask questions all day, but you've got some things you've brought in that obviously you felt are important to yeah. share. Yeah. Where, where to begin? Yeah, yeah. I I think it's important for people. What I really want people to hear, we do the training, but it's you. It's you. You're the boots on the ground. People say, we're boots on the ground. You're boots on the ground. We do training. And people take our trainings, and they have been able, uh, it was a convenience store. And an elderly gentleman had taken one of our trainings. And he saw a girl, young girl, with an older guy. They didn't look like they fit. She was completely drugged out in the convenience store. Um, He was like, this just doesn't look right. He thought about what he'd learned. They called the police, and they rescued two little girls Mm. that day because he was um, brave enough to call the cops, you know. And I think... Where we are really good in this community, people will call us when they're afraid to call law enforcement. So we're that safer place because they're like, what do I say? Are they going to believe me? So they'll call me and then I call my connections with law enforcement and then they look into stuff. So it really is people just like you Mm. that are making the difference. Yeah. Okay. You uh, before we got online, you kind of opened up with some stats. Yeah, yeah. What I want to share, um, sure, is it, it just it's really sad to me. The statistics for porn use. So here's the industry. People are like, why is it such a big deal now? Well, the access. Why is what such a big deal? Trafficking. Oh, okay. You know why is this so big now? Hmm. So it is bigger. Way. Yeah. It's it's just unbelievable the statistics of who's being abused sold whatever Um, and it's because of internet pornography use and I have had people tell me well this is a freedom of speech issue you know that's what this is pornography is freedom of speech and I'm like it is silencing the voices of women and children that are being abused because people are looking at pornography and thinking that it is a victimless crime. It is not a victimless crime. Teresa and our organization, we're trying to get pornography um, as a national health crisis. We're trying to get it deemed that because 
it is destroying the lives of women and children. I think it's one in every five images, and we have to use very conservative statistics um, just because that's the thing we have to do. But I'm sure it's more. 10% of all pornographic images are of infants. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 76%. Think about that. Of pre pubescent children. Yeah. Say that fast. Five 70%, 76% of images are of prepubescent children? Yes. So, you know, we think we can just, you know, get on our phone. It's dark. And, you know, then that's the other thing, too. Think about when you're looking at this stuff. You know, it, it, we all know it's wrong. Yeah, you're not like on the subway. Yeah. You go hide. Right, right. <clears throat> um, and so, and, and the FBI, I don't know that they would back this statement up now, but a number of years ago, an FBI agent was talking, and he said 100% of people looking at child porn um, act on it. Now, I don't know that they would actually say that right now, and I, I don't know that that's accurate, but there is just something about pornography. I'm sure a lot of people know it's very much like what happens when you do cocaine. And let's think of you know your brain and those hormones, the garage door goes all the way up. And all of that, those hormones, all that stuff comes flooding in, and you feel great. That's what pornography does to the mind, to the brain. So there is that chemical thing that happens, and it's powerful, but just like drugs, you know, you could never get it back again quite the same way. And so that's why people move on and on. Not everybody goes on to, you know, violent and all that kind of stuff, um, pornography viewing. But that's why the demand is so big, because people have to have something different and something more. Let me, um, so a couple things here. I get what you're saying about the percentage of images that are infants and, Mm -hmm. you know, kids, basically. Right. Um, And I know you're not saying this, but I want to shut off the interpretation or... you know, conclusion that oh well, then as long as I'm sure they're not children, and because yeah, you certainly could find someone that looks forty, and well, they're, right, they're not children, and right, right. But does that mean does someone being an adult mean that they are making free choices now? Oh gosh, no. And I think that that is where that stat comes in. Minimum one in five images is probably someone being forced to do it against their will, and it, it, I don't care what it looks like on film. I, it they're right. they're not you know they're they a lot of times the traffickers get them addicted to drugs and so they're desperate and so they have to do certain things in order to get certain drugs um and and so this is what we're putting our stamp of approval on this is where we're going for comfort when we're sad mad glad you know uh trump's not allowed on twitter right but porn is oh yeah there there is a suit against Twitter. I have to be careful what I say, but there it was a little boy getting violently raped and Twitter said, "No, we're not going to take that off because that does not violate our policies." Yeah, I heard about that recently. Mm-hmm. And this isn't about whether or not Trump should be on Twitter. Right, I, don't, I don't really care um but it's about what we what's what you said stamp of approval. It's right. what our culture is saying is is an accept is acceptable right right 
And we are seeing progress. I don't want everything to be gloom and doom because we really are seeing, I mean, I was doing some good things. We have five men that got put away recently, um, pled guilty for trafficking. We've seen some people um, get put away for a long time. Visa and MasterCard terminated the use of their cards on Pornhub sites. So that's a big deal. Um, Pornhub deleted over 10 million videos. Why? They were identified as being... Yes. Yes. So that's good. That So that's the... Con- they're like... They're the good people. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. conscious. Yeah. Must be a Christian porn site. Yeah. You they're know? crazy. When COVID started, they offered it free. They offered... I know you can get a lot of porn free, but they offered a lot of their stuff free. And it just... It just went... So again, to drive this point home, you're 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 making a strong connection between, uh, well, what you call the demand, yes, you know, the pornography mm-hmm. and sex trafficking. Um, uh, yeah, because, well, I think have you heard, isn't there a a nonprofit organization called Stop the Demand? Yes, you heard of that? That's yes. kind of what it's they're very saying. good. Yeah, 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 and they actually deal with helping. Uh, well, there's several that might use that name, but Stop the Demand helps men that have been addicted, and women, addicted to pornography, and it is scientific in how it works, that it sort of rewires the brain so that it's not, that it can actually think in a more um, suitable way. Have but, you heard John Piper talk about uh, pornography addiction? He says you're not addicted. Oh, no, I know what you're saying. I want to give the best. Yeah. Is that we train habits. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. But he's saying, you can, like, if, if a man had your wife at gunpoint. Yes. And said, if you open up that computer, I'm shooting her in front of you. Like, you wouldn't do it. Right, right. You'd go, no, okay. So th- yeah. at some point, some le- you do have some level of control, of ability to stop. Yes. But I think the thing is that you don't think the stakes are that high. Exactly. And you're like, well, it's just between me and... Blah, blah blah and god will forgive me and right and so now it's like right. the stakes aren't that high but part of what you're trying to do is raise the stakes i am and and i the the thing is i understand the stronghold that it has on people i understand the shame that so many people wake up with in the morning and and <clears throat> that so i my my goal, I, I don't want to shame. We already know it's wrong. So I don't want to just put a lot of shame here. But I do want to bring to light the reality of who's who. who is this affecting? Mm. You know, and I, we talked a little bit about before we started. It says 90% of boys are exposed to porn. And that's not just, that's hardcore. By eight years old. 90% by eight? By eight years old. You know, because we have so many devices, there's so much access. And it's it's different because, you know, back in my day, you had to go shame yourself and buy a magazine in front of everybody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or find some stash somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so th- those are sad stats. And listen to this. Every second, almost 30,000 people view pornography. Every second. So we're sitting here, think, boom, boom, 30,000 people. So I gave you some stats over there since COVID. Can you read that? <laughs> this is the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children. They're saying since COVID, there's been a 98% increase. All right, let's take 
in online enticement reports? Yes. Online enticement reports. What does that mean? Um, Someone's trying to get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like to catch a predator type thing. Yeah. Well, and 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 so predators, their number one way to get people is through chat rooms and you know sending, okay. sexting and and things like that. So this is skyrocketed, and I I'm sitting here. All right, thirty thousand people are viewing it every second, which that has now gone up. Let's say maybe conservatively 70,000 right now are looking at it every second. Um, I did a conference, a friend of mine, um, she's a special agent, and before she got up to speak at a conference, she typed in on like a back page, something like that. It was a live porn site. She typed in an ad for a particular sex act, got up there, spoke for 20 minutes, pulled it out, uh, up online, 250 men in the Cedar Rapids, Marion, Robbins, Hiawatha area, 250 had responded, said, yes, I'll buy, in 20 minutes at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm. Yeah. That's what's going on in our community. This is crazy. It it's is. It's almost like... like Oh, you're like pulling back the veneer. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, and you know at the police departments, somebody's full-time job and has been for many, many years is just tracking who's looking at child porn. That's their eight-hour-a-day job. And I'm like, well... What do you do with that? Yeah, that's what I said. I'm like, well, what are you doing with that? Why don't you go arrest people? They're like, we'd have to arrest everybody in town practically. So well, then what, why track it? What are they doing? They're looking they're, for big stuff? They're looking mm -hmm. for who's really pushing, downloading, uploading particular images that are real popular. There was a girl that um, went to a small high school here in town. It was a number of years ago, and she was sexting. She got blackmailed, and then that turned into, you know, she had to have sex with her boyfriend, and then, then he said, "I'm going to show everybody unless you have sex with my friends." So he got the money and all this kind of stuff. For, for whatever reason, her images just went viral all over the world. It's like ten years later, they're still popping up. So every time they pop up, the police get pinged, and you know they know who's trading her images. But I mean, imagine that being your full-time job, looking at who's looking at child porn. You've said you've done some of these trainings with, it makes me, you, you say you've done some of these trainings with uh, youth. You've yes. You've been in the schools. Like, yes. What grade do you want to get in there? Well, we are, we're, we're uh, obtaining curriculum that is going to go down to elementary school. Um, and it's, th those have to change, you know, based on the age of the child. But a couple of years ago, I, I trained the staff at an elementary school here in town because a third and fourth grader were being trafficked by their parents. And so we're not naive. We know parents are doing this. You know, maybe a how could a parent do this? Well, if they have a drug addiction, um, COVID has not helped this. The stress at home, people being at home, people being forced together that weren't getting along to begin with, no money, drug issues. Um, 
So it, it's pretty sad. And less people being able to, you know, for kids not coming to school where yes. something might be discovered. Or... Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a real crisis right now. And, you know, that's why I, I want to talk of it, about it in light of, you know, COVID. It, it'd be nice to think we're all just sheltering down, but, you know. Mm. I feel like. I think what you're, I think this is good in terms of, you know, when we talk about sin, there's the effects of sin. Like, mm-hmm. there's there are external effects, and this is kind of what we're talking about right now, which is like, what? All right. So if you want to stop the demand, like, well, mm-hmm. it's helpful for people, mostly men, but people to know, yes. um, hey, this isn't victimless. Here's what's happening. Right. Here's the stats. I think it's sobering. Um, one way I framed it before is like. Yeah, you might go online. Even even knowing that mm-hmm. stat, you might just go, oh, I'm going to watch anyway. But right. just imagine that I came over, knocked on your door, and said, hey, there's this guy down the street, you know, raping this young girl. We can go look. Right. And go look. In the, you'd be like, heck no. Like, exactly. But it's effectively what you're saying is what you're doing. Yes. Yes. And I love those kinds of examples because it seems so extreme, but that's exactly what's happening. We're saying... Yeah, I kind of want to watch this because it, 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 it seems separated. And I've talked to people like I have friends that they can watch every episode of Criminal Minds and get in, you know, all the details of how people got tortured. They do not want to hear anything about what we're doing at Jane's Interrupted. And I'm like, why is that? Because I don't think everybody has to hear everything. I think everybody should be aware. I think parents should be aware, not for the sake of being terrorized, um, but for the just to know, hey, here's some methods they use, and here's some ways you and your kids um, can stay safe. But I, I said, how is it that you can watch these shows or these movies with such deviant violence and things like that but you will you don't want to hear about the work we're doing and they said because somehow even though i know those shows have truth to them it's different because it's just on a screen it isn't Mm. real and so that's what you're that's exactly what you're saying they do the same thing yeah yeah well makes me feel dumb for not asking sooner but would you do a training like this for our church oh i would love to yeah yeah it's very it's very sobering, you know. Um, not that I've toned down my trainings, but I realize I, you know, I've had to tone it down a little bit because I, I, I think I for a while I was sharing details that weren't helpful. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you just go to bed at night and go, oh my gosh, you know, this is so awful. Yeah. How do you? Because well, it is. So we're talking about this idea of it. It's being terrorizing, terrifying. You don't want to hear about it. Or if you do, then, you know, how do you just not retreat into a place of terror? So, like, because we're, we know the world has fallen. Right. And we know there's sin in the world. And yet we're called to, like, I would say err on the side of, well, hope. Mm-hmm. Right? right? Optimism, I think, might be a, not the greatest term. But I think it's that's part of it. It's like, yeah, that we know that the light shines in the darkness, mm-hmm. right? The darkness has not overcome it. Like, yes, yes, there's some serious darkness going on, but that's not all there is. So exactly. How have you, how are you deal with this? Like right. being close, you know, to this in so many ways for so long, like mm-hmm. how do you stay, or maybe you're not sane, 
Are you on cocaine? <laughs> How do you deal with it? I drugs, had to open my garage door, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I have had to, I know when I'm not laughing anymore, I know I need to take a step back. I've really learned to um, listen to my heart, you know, when it comes to this, when it gets dark, too dark, you know, not right now, dealing with a situation with little kids and, you know, it's like, oh, man. So I, I just have to pray. And sometimes I do have to step away for a while, um, particularly if, if it's been a really difficult situation. I do need to retreat. Um, but I think the thing that keeps me going is that I feel like we have information, we have tools to give you as parents that because there are methods traffickers use. I mean, so you can think, oh, my gosh, don't go outside, kids, because somebody might roll up and take you. Yeah, yeah, that could, that can happen. It's pretty rare. Right. Um, but there's other methods, and they're getting our children all the time, and some of these kids are being trafficked living at home, and their parents don't know. When I go to schools and I talk to them about stuff, you know, when we talk about sexting, there's no giggling and elbowing. I mean, these kids are looking at me like, because I'm telling them stories, of kids in their own high school that have had this happen and and girls are just sobbing and the guys are sober because in the state of Iowa if if you send a picture of a minor then you are distributing child porn and that can be a f- even as a minor? Yes. Like if you are 16? Yep. And if you receive it you're in possession of child pornography. Um so it we take it very seriously here in Iowa now. Are, is the court going to try you and convict you as a felon? N- most people not because that wasn't their heart. But we have a law in place because there are pres- predators that are under 18 that are doing this. Well, and again, a lot of it is just is alerting people to um, the weight of what they're dealing with. Yes. They're minimized. Oh, I'm just, uh, just yeah, and then yeah. suddenly, boom, 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 like opening the, right. the, yeah, kind of the world to yeah. them. Um, I think the biggest thing, and it's always been the age old thing, um, you know, in the animal kingdom, if, if someone gets away, um, if the wildebeest gets away from the rest of the pack, you know, the lion's coming to get it or whatever. And that's, traffickers profile our children. They know what to look for. They're looking for the vulnerable, those that are not sitting with people in the lunchroom. They go to our schools. They go to the movie theaters. They go to the malls. And, and what so, do you mean they, they go to our schools? Traffickers. Tell me more. What do you mean by that? Yeah. Um, well, so, for instance, uh, I've dealt two situations I've dealt, been personally involved in is a ring sent a very nice looking young man into a large high school. So he can just kind of slip in there. He's just a number. Yes. People don't notice him. Don't he notice looks like him. a high schooler. Yep. Uh, he profi- Maybe he is a high schooler. Yeah. He profiles a girl. And in this case, too, but I'll just tell you about one situation. He profiled a girl. She was vulnerable. They became boyfriend and girlfriend. See, the traffickers, their end game, it's long. Mm. I mean, they're very patient. So these two young... Oh, my gosh. Yeah. These two young... Do you kids- want to spin this so you're not in the sun? Oh. We'll make... Hold on. Let me pause. I can just put... Okay. Oh, you're not going to sit like that for... Hold on. Watch this. I'm going to pause. All right, we're back. 
Um, oh, so you were talking about the long game. Yes. Oh, gosh. It just makes it seem like, how do you defend against that? Well, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> okay, so I can defend against my kid not getting picked up and by not letting him outside, right? right. All right I'm not going to let him outside. That, that yeah. van's not going to pick him up. But, I mean, what you just described is, yeah, well, you said you're going to tell me, but how do you defend against that? Right. Like, it just right. seems like, oh, I've got a boyfriend. Right. It's like, you don't know what this boyfriend's doing. And I've heard stories like that about how they start small and then they blackmail you and now yes. you're in there. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, so that this is where friends, family members... This is where they come in. You you kind of see changes. So okay. this this couple, they started dating. She was, you know, she wasn't super popular. He was good looking, a lot of attention. They're dating. A lot of times there's no sexual um, involvement even between these two um, because it's, it's all based on trust. Hmm. And he listened to her and he was the one who understood her. But when these particular situations happen then something's going to change the trafficker will draw you away from your family or any friends you have so that's a change you can start seeing sometimes they start showing up and you're wearing uh, more provocative clothing nicer clothing or even the opposite suddenly you're not as clean falling asleep all those kinds of things so behavior change changes and in this situation, the girl had a bad relationship with her mother. Um, it was a single mom. And so he said, I love you. Let's run away together. And this is super sad to me because this happens a lot. So they ran away. Well, he, he drives a few hours, drops her off at the trafficker's house, base house, and drives off. And here this girl is like, what just happened to me i thought he loved me we've been dating for four months and she didn't end up escaping but the ring that she was in uh, was a dangerous ring because there were high profile buyers and so she had she and her mom had to be relocated had to get a new identity and be relocated okay what do you mean it was a dangerous ring because it had high profile buyers yeah well you know there's famous people, people. Famous people. Okay. With, Powerful people. And that makes the ring dangerous because they'll they'll go all outs to protect yes. their buyers. Yes, absolutely. Now, not everybody that gets trafficked, if they get away, they're not necessarily in threat. They use threats to keep people subdued. They threaten to kill your little brother or your mom or whatever it. But, um, you know, so it's, and it's like, well, why is there such a, there's so much money that the dirtbag next door to the high power politicians, whatever it would be, you know, there's there's just so much money. So everybody's in on it right now. And women are traffickers. They use middle-aged women to befriend girls. And, and so it's really about keeping in touch with our youth. And, you know, I don't know. There's just there's a lot of at risk, but there's a lot of ways that we can, when we talk to people, and I go to school, and they're the kids are looking at each other, going, "Oh my gosh, do you remember so and so?" So I'm just giving them information, and they're like, "Oh my, I think he was being trafficked," you know, and kids are helping their friends not get into this, even in the first place. So. 
you know, we did an airport training a month ago, and the airport security saw a minor girl getting on, trying to get on the plane with some guy. He is like, well, that really doesn't look right. And instead of just being like, eh, what? He reported it, and she literally got saved from walking into the hands of a trafficker and and possibly their life. When you're taken, it's only about seven-year lifespan before you're before you die. This is horrifying. It, it's, it's, it is horrifying. Yeah. Just the, and then you think about, you know, people looking at this and then they're thinking it about it all day. And, you know, with no restraint of the Holy Spirit, it, it you can imagine what's going on. This is demonic. Very. It, it, it really, it's the assault of life, you know. It's, it's um, you know, when Adam in the garden, she was the woman, and when, you know, after all the proclamations against the domain of the man and the domain of the woman and the curse on the serpent, you know, Adam turns and, and names her Eve because she will become the mother of all living, you know. It, it seemed like a strange re- response, but it's just that that God put that, you know, that that women, I mean, we're all life givers, um, but women are life givers. And whether you have children or not, you're, as a woman, you're a life giver. And it's a, well, it goes back to the garden. It's an assault on life. Yeah. One, it's a reverse of, you know, one of th- so when I talk about complementarianism, mm-hmm. right? So the the idea that men and women are equal in dignity but have different roles. One of the ways I've begun talking about this that I I think it's pretty obvious men have power. Like mm-hmm. we don't need to debate this actually. Right. right. I don't know why this is up for debate. I know. Like forget forget right. whether or not they should or whatever. Like right. they just do. Right. And they will kick your butt. Yeah. Yeah. I'm strong, but I'll, not I'll, that strong. Anybody could snap me in yeah. half. <laughs> As a whole, right. like so. Because of that, and I think that's why the, you know, the men therefore are to use that strength to protect and serve, right? Exactly. And and, and that's where you know this is Ephesians, Genesis, First Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the woman is is called not to fear anything that is frightening. Why? Because she lives with this brute, right? Doesn't care about her. Right. What's frightening about it? Well, if he decides, right, he can do what he wants with her, right? That's frightening. So, I don't think that's. It, that's inarguable. Like men have the power. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so therefore, what's the answer is to steward that power for their for the flourishing of women and children. Right? Yes. So, this is the complete opposite of that. You know, again, yes. it's like rather than providing a place where sure where her femininity can maximize flourishing, as mm-hmm. I've said, it's just to attack that, assault that, and diminish it. And right, it's right. really wicked. I mean, really if bad. if if we just open the doors, and people could see this and say, is this what I want? Is this what I want our society, our world to be? You know, it, it just, and the depth of the wickedness. The, and <laughs> there's nothing pretty or the way they dehumanize their victims is unbelievable. Uh, a lot of traffickers will put a barcode 
on their neck, sometimes on their forehead, just to remind these women, you are my possession. You're not a human being. You are a piece of meat. And they, it, it, and so this is what we're saying yes to, you know? This part of what, why I say it's demonic is that there's like a craftiness there. Mm-hmm. You know, like used in really evil purposes, but it's like, man, this, like how did, there's a skillfulness to oh, what they're doing. They are, you know? they are really good. I mean, they'd probably, a lot of these would be great if they like turned into crime scene investigators or something like that, because the unbelievable imagination and ability they have to quickly completely dehumanize another human being is is beyond i you know it used to be 3 days or something and they can break they can break some of these people down in less than 24 hours i mean and they're broken they're done they're gone you know completely submissive it's really sad that has to be demonically inspired. Yeah. And who could want to do that to another person? That's the other thing. Well, that's kind of what you were saying before. If we open up the doors and people see, like, is this what you want? The answer is like, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there's a, you're going to have a spectrum. Mm-hmm. So part of what you're, when we talk about stop the demand, there's a spectrum. There's a, there's a, hopefully a lot mm-hmm. of people who don't realize mm-hmm. that, oh, wait a minute, I didn't realize what I was getting into or, mm-hmm. or, you know, can be caught out of that. But certainly there's people that are just seared beyond. Yeah. They're just, they're just going. Right. You know, and they're. Yeah. Um, I mean, not that no one's beyond reach, I right. guess. Right. Um, but I do, it, it, it does matter that we tell people. I, I was at a, I, last year before the COVID, I spoke at an all men's luncheon thing. I mean, these were like the good old boys, you know, they'd all been in this men only thing. I mean, I'm there as their speaker, the only woman there, and their jokes are sexual jokes, you know, mm. and all that kind of stuff. By the time I got done, I'm going to tell you, they they took another, I could see like, this is what we're joking about. Mm. This is what we laugh about. This is what we applaud when, you know, Joe goes on vacation and picks a little something up and we cheer him on in this, but this, this is what we're agreeing with. And, and, and it was pretty sobering to those guys. So that, I mean, I do want to tell people. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, what I've seen like in my own life, when I've been in bondage, when I've had something have a strong hold on me, you know, just for those that might be listening that are caught in this, you know, it's just always just, bringing yourself under just the reality of go, you know, his grace. I'm coming to your throne of grace. I'm coming boldly, not because I deserve it, because you have invited me and you're going to give me grace and mercy to help in my time of need. God, I am in a time of need. And I don't know when it happens, Donovan. I don't I don't know how it happens, but God has been faithful in my life. God, all it, it's not an all of a sudden, but it is an all of a sudden. There's watershed moments. Yes. And I, 
and I'm free. And I just want, I have such a burden for the people that are, that are caught in this because I, I can't imagine the torment, you know? It, it's not appealing to me, but, you know, I know it is to a lot of people. Well, it's an analog. You know, you, you may not, that might not be your vice, but you right. certainly know sin and bondage, and, yes. and that's what you're saying is. And I just want to encourage people, instead of trying or not trying and just feeling bad, just keep going. It says come boldly to the throne of grace. Just keep going. Mm. That'll preach. Mm. And when that freedom comes, wow, you know, it's a joy. And I, I do, I'm probably getting off here a little bit, but um, in this freedom, when we find freedom from this kind of stuff, from whatever our bondage and sin is, when we find freedom, the result of that is joy. And joy is I believe the fuel to advancing the kingdom of God. And we have been asleep. The church has been asleep. Oh my gosh, you're literally preaching my sermon. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No, go ahead. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but we've been asleep. And and we've we've gone to sleep by drinking too much wine. We've gone to sleep by looking at pornography all the time. We've gone to sleep by binging here and there. And I do believe God is saying, wake up, and he will set his people free. And the joy that that I believe people that might be listening to that have pornography is a big part of their life, I just want to encourage him, the joy is fuel for the advancement of the gospel because it is so humbling. There's so much gratitude when you have felt the forgiveness and freedom of God. You've been reading Isaiah 52? Maybe. That's <laughs> what so I was reading today. Is literally... Really? Yeah, you should go read it. Um, wow. This is maybe not everything we were supposed to talk about, but... This, no, yeah, this we're not is, supposed to talk yeah, about Jesus. No, never and, about Jesus. No. But this is why... This really is why I'm passionate about it because I have seen, I just seen, I know we're not good, but I've seen good men and I've seen their minds twisted. I've seen the, that the landscape of their mind has been repainted with pornography and, and what's normal and what's okay. And, and I've seen it destroy people. So I, I just... I want freedom. And I know women, you know, I, there is a percentage of women. It's not like men, but it's still a large issue for women as well. This is related, but not. Um, so you you worked for years doing different things, and mm -hmm. you were at uh, uh, House of Hope, and mm -hmm. this is a volunteer role for you? Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. And you and Bob... Well, Bob retired, but then you guys got into real estate. Right, and, right. Um, He's pretty much funded all my nonprofits over yeah. the years. Because I, I started in my in the in the mid '80s. Mm -hmm. I started. I became the director of Birthright of Cedar Rapids, um, and we were a crisis pregnancy center and did that for about ten years as a volunteer, and then moved into House of Hope, and then Chains interrupted, and we helped start a few other things. So. God bless Bob. Yeah. <laughs> he's always, 
he's always been a part of starting it because he's very good at all that stuff. But he's, I just am very blessed that he has funded a lot of that over the years and, and blessed that I've been able to volunteer and do this stuff. So kind of what I was going to ask is like, why don't you guys chill out already? Like, I know, I know. We talk about it and I'm like, I just don't know where that is. Now, I'm not opposed to like going on vacations and things like that. I just don't know that I see that biblically for Bob and I. Um, I, get, I my days are numbered. His days are numbered. And un, unless God limits us uh, physically or whatever, I, I don't feel like we are supposed to stop. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is what I was drawing out. I obviously don't think you should. Like, when again, you have some caveats there of, in terms of like, if God makes it clear, it's no longer the thing. Right. But the idea being that you are, right, our our calling is not constrained or correlated with our career. Yes. Right? Like, mm-hmm. that, and they may intertwine. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the idea isn't that you work till you don't have to work anymore and then you just right. then you just chill like I mean uh, that sounds kind of fun but I know like after a couple of days Bob and I would look at each <laughs> other and go you know mm, yeah not so much yeah how can people um help support change interrupted mm-hmm. well obviously um we on a pretty pretty skinny budget actually we do a lot um on the budget uh, we do need, you know, finances. We do need money. Um, we don't do federal grants and stuff like that. Even Why? though, well, because they're very constricting. Okay. We will do grants, though. We take grants, and and we are doing some of those. But you got to be careful with a lot of that. Hmm. Most of our uh, money comes uh, from people like you, and it's not. It's, it's the $50-$100 donation. I know some people are like, oh, I'm so sorry. But, I mean, that's how we get the work done. So we do need donations. Secondly, to get trained. Because when we hear about someone that's come to a training and then they identify a victim and that person is rescued and then the predator is possibly put away, what more could you ask for, Right. When I go to schools and I'm and I talk about chat rooms and stuff like that, I'm working with a little girl now, a predator, 12 years old. He's he just likes they're just prettier. You're just prettier, you know. He's in his 30s and she's 12 and she didn't get that it was really that wrong and what have you and I mean she knew she was being naughty. Sure. But a 12-year-old. Yeah. You know, and sweet little thing. I look at her I'm like, "Wow." You know, well, we're working to get this guy, this predator shut down, you know, because she came forth when she heard me talking. She's like, that's exactly. All right, Redeemer um, and whoever else is out there listening, I have to apologize. We lost somehow the last several minutes of this podcast. So um, I think we got the bulk of it in here and hope it's been fruitful for you. I do want to say that I asked Lynchin how, you know, what are some parting words or how, how we could help, you know, Chains Interrupted. And obviously they are a nonprofit ministry that runs on donations. So um, you can go to chainsinterrupted.com and you can log in there to do or sign up there to do one-time gifts or re- recurring gifts and that kind of thing. So they certainly rely on the generosity of 
others um, to do their work. Um, and then also she said, uh, you know, learn, like sign up, like get educated in the things that they're doing because it literally has on the ground impact of um, identifying victims and perpetrators and putting in an end, you know, in very real terms to terrible situations. So there's that. Um, Feel free to reach out if you have any more questions about this or anything else. Thanks for tuning in. And again, sorry for the loss of the last few minutes here. See ya.